Welcome to Draft Utopia. Chris Ransom here. And today I will be breaking down the NFL Week 1 predictions. I I was focused on working on the site predictions for Week 1. Like coding the article, typing in every game, getting feedback from our staff. Which is why I have not done a podcast up until this week. And I'm not trying to use that excuse. And his excuse, even if it comes across as an excuse, it's just I my schedule is twice as busy as normal during NFL season compared to when there's no football on. And I'm going to reveal who I have in the Chiefs-Texans game because that's what you guys came here for, and gals. Whoever listens to this podcast, you came here to find out who I'm picking to win tonight. And there were some games last night. The Raptors, even the series at 3-3 with the Celtics. The Tampa Bay Lightning, Kucherov scored in the last seconds. Tampa Bay now leads that series 2-0, and they're two games away from going back to the Stanley Cup for the first time since 2015. Um, the Clippers took a 3-1 series lead over the Nuggets. The Lakers have a 2-1 series lead over the Houston Rockets. They're going to be on TNT tonight, and they're going to have to compete with the Western Conference Finals as well as the NFL opener. So I would say that the opener and the Western Conference Finals on NBC and NBCSN are both going to benefit from that. And with Sunday Night Football coming back to NBC, NBCSN only now has one Saturday night for hockey as compared to no Sunday nights. And the NHL draft got moved up from October 9th, which was a Friday, to October 6th which is a Tuesday. So instead of it being on the 9th and the 10th with rounds 2 through 7 on the 10th, it's rounds 2 through 7 are now going to be on a Wednesday. And if the Stanley Cup Finals go to a Game 7, I'm only going to have a day to get ready for the uh, 2020 NHL entry draft. And I will start the NHL draft game immediately following this five-round mock draft. I might start that this weekend, to be honest. Because time is of the essence, and with these 2020 NHL um, draft and the 2020 NBA draft both being in October, that gives me less time than usual to work on that. So we'll see, because right now I'm just coding what I think is going to happen. Because I think Dallas and Tampa are going to be in the Stanley Cup but if they aren't, I can adjust those two teams at 28 and 29, finalize those two teams, add round six if I get time to add round six. Because I've gone through the draft and I, I've seen what I've seen. So, But let's get into this because I think Dallas will win either tonight. Dallas and Kansas City are going to be the teams I'm picking tonight because Kansas City was originally known as the Dallas Texans and Houston's playing Kansas City tonight. So I think Dallas will win game three and Vegas will win game four. And then they'll go to a game five on Monday. I could see the Lightning sweeping the Islanders, to be honest. I think they can sweep the Islanders. And I think the Dallas-Vegas series is going to be the series that ends up going six or seven games. But... 
And you look at the reason I think that you have Sagan, you have Jamie Benn, you have Gurianov, you have guys on this Dallas Stars team. And then you look at the blue line, you got guys like Essel and Dell that can defend, that can shoot. You have John Klingberg. You have Miro Heiskanen, who leads the NHL in points among defensemen. You have a very well-rounded Dallas Stars team. And I think that's going to make the difference. Whereas the Vegas Golden Knights really only have two defenders that are worth anything. With Shea Theodore, and they got this other guy, their highest paid defender. <laughs> I forget his name, but yeah. And the other four defenders are all replaceable. Plus, you have Robin Lehner's an unrestricted free agent. There's talk he might go to Chicago. There's talk Flurry might get traded. So there's a, there's a possibility, an outside possibility, the Vegas Golden Knights lose both of their goalies. Both Flurry and Lehner. All right. So it's kind of a win now for Vegas for that reason. And Vegas and Dallas play tonight. Um, the Lakers play tonight. The Chiefs play tonight. So Lakers-Rockets starts at 7. Vegas and Dallas starts at 8-10. And Chiefs, the Texas Chiefs game starts at 8-20. Now, there's a Tigers-Cardinals doubleheader that starts at 2-15. The Angels play the Rangers at 4-05. There's not going to be any soccer on tonight. The Braves play the Nationals at 6.05. The Indians host the Royals at 6.10. 6.40 will be Rays, Red Sox. Orioles-Yankees is the last game. So there's one... So there's seven baseball games on tonight. So there's one NBA game, one NHL game, one NFL game, and seven Major League Baseball games on tonight. So this is an easier night in sports compared to nights where you had... Um, 10 MLB games or 13 MLB games. You have 10 sporting events on tonight, including a doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Tigers. And no MLS tonight. So this is actually kind of an easier night, a smoother night as far as transitioning goes. And first up, I'm going to break down my predictions. I know you've been waiting for um, that segment on the show. So, Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm going to break this down, why each team's going to win, and then I'm going to reveal my winner. Why will the Texans win? Deshaun Watson should have success picking apart Kansas City's cornerbacks, even without DeAndre Hopkins. He has weapons like Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills. Even with Kansas City having three returning starters at cornerback, Watson has four weapons. Which pose an unfair advantage pose an unfair advantage over the Kansas City's corners. Houston's offensive line, you have No. I don't need to hold on. All right, but yeah, the Texans have Laramie Tunsil, Max Sharping, Nick Martin, Zach Fulton, and Titus Howard. But those four Texan receivers have an advantage over Kansas, City corn Kansas City's corners, and you can argue they're deeper than Kansas City's receivers. I don't think they're better than Kansas City's receivers. I think they, they might have the more depth. That's what I'm saying. But the Texans, they have that offensive line. As long as this offensive line is healthy— Last year you had Chris Clark, so you had a little bit of depth at right tackle if injuries occurred. 
Now you don't have depth. If an injury occurs in this offensive line, teams can teams can go after that offensive lineman, that backup offensive lineman, and Watson will have less time in the pocket. But since Watson's fully healthy, this is going to be an interesting game. And both of these quarterbacks are Virgos. It's worth pointing out. Watson and Mahomes are both in the 2017 draft, and they're both Virgos, which I think is actually pretty cool in hindsight. <laughs> they both got paid this offseason. So there's a lot of similarities between Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Both quarterbacks in the 2017 draft were my top two quarterbacks. Mahomes was my QB1. Watson was my QB1 at one point. And heading into the process, Watson was my QB1. And Mahomes was my QB2. In my very first 2017 mock, I had Miles Garrett going number one. I had Deshaun Watson going number two. And I had Patrick Mahomes going number three in my very first 2017 mock draft. All three of those guys got paid. And I felt like Mahomes was going to have the better career. I felt like Watson initially would be the guy, but he had a lot of interceptions as a junior year. He had trouble throwing to the right at his pro day. So I was like, oh boy, this guy might be a bust. But he's been the exact opposite of that. He's been very consistent and leading the Texans to division championships on a year-to-year -year basis in the AFC South. And you look at Kansas City, where they're at, you have Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, an offensive tackle for Mahomes. Mahomes is going to have a clean pocket as well. Houston doesn't have a corner that can lock down Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins. Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman provide quality depth at wide receiver. Tight end Travis Kelce went in went off in the playoff victory over Houston when they had Justin Reed and Tashawn Gibson at safety. Gibson is on Chicago. This may be even a better matchup for Kels. Kansas City had a, a good defensive line with Frank Clark at 43 right end, Tanoa Passignon at 43 left end, Chris Jones at 43 defensive tackle, and Derek Nottie at 43 defensive tackle. Kansas City's defensive line versus Houston's offensive line will be the chess matchup to watch in the trenches as both teams are fairly even this time around after the Chiefs had the edge with Suggs versus Chris Clark in the playoffs. Andy Reid is more disciplined than Bill O'Brien. Kansas City has their entire coaching staff back from Super Bowl 54, which should scare the Houston Texans. Prediction, Kansas City enters as a nine-point favorite. The minimum bet's 340, the maximum bet's 440. The average gambler is betting around 390 on this game. The over-under is 54.5. Right now, 55% of the betting action is on Kansas City. And this is a game where I like the Chiefs 30-24 to 24 in overtime. This is a game I'm picking the Chiefs. Um, Eagles versus the Washington football team. I'm Carson Wentz will be able to pick apart this secondary without Sean Davis at safety. Getting the ball to tight ends like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goat will be critical with both Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rigor injured. Washington's front seven is the strength of their defense. This unit can do enough to stop Miles Sanders and the limit the running game. Both teams have strong defensive lines and suspect pass defenses. I give Washington the edge at linebacker. Philly doesn't have Andre Dillard at left tackle or Brooks at right guard. In order for Washington to pull the upset, Dwayne Haskins has to outplay Carson Wentz and win the turnover battle. Gibson needs to step up in this game, but J.D. McKissie is going to be starting over Gibson, which is why I'm on the fence. This is the toughest game for me to call. I went with Washington when I did my Washington football team season preview. I picked Washington as an upset for week one. I'm going to stick to that. 
even with the cards that I'm being dealt for this week, even though I could see the Eagles winning, I'm going to go with Washington. Dolphins and Patriots. Miami's starting Durham Smith at tight end over Mike Gesicki. Outside of Devontae Parker, Gesicki was the only target that I was sold on for this team. Ryan Fitzpatrick beat Tom Brady in Week 17 a year ago. For that reason, Miami has a shot to pull up the upset again with Fitzpatrick as the starter. Cam Newton has weapons like Julian Edelman and Keel Harry and tight end Devin Asiasi. Newton has prepared these guys all offseason. Center David Andrews is back at full health and got voted team captain. Even if New England's defense struggles without some star players thanks to opt-outs, I feel New England is too talented to lose this game as the Patriots expect the win. Now, the Washington-Philadelphia game, Philly is a six-point favorite. Minimum bets, 230. Max bets, 290. Average gamblers betting 260 on that game. Over-under is 43. 55% of the action is on Philly. But I'm taking the Washington football team 31-30 in an upset. The rest of the Draft Utopia staff writers have taken the Eagles. Kansas City is one of our 12 locks of the week. And back to Miami, New England. New England's a 6.5-point favorite. 240 is the minimum bet. 300 is the maximum bet. 270 is the average bet. 43 is the over-under. 52% of the betting action is on New England at six, minus 6.5. I'm going with the Patriots 33-20, and I'm taking the over as the Patriots win and cover. Everybody took the Patriots this week on Draft Utopia. The New England Patriots are our second lock of the week. We have um, our other staff writers that do the picks are Oren Sheary, who is called into this show as a regular from time to time. Jesse Lucas, he's a diehard Patriots fan like myself. Jason Bannell. Who he won uh, and Tanya Holmes and everybody on our staff has won the league pick'em at least once. If you keep track, because Jesse won it the first year when it was only Jason Bannell, Jesse, and myself. Then we added Warren and Tanya the second year, and Jason won that year. Then I won, and then Tanya won, and then Warren won. I don't remember the order, but. I don't remember the year-by-year, order-by-order, but Jason won his second title last year in 2019. So Jason's got two, and everyone else on our staff has one championship to show for it. The Packers play the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers swept Minnesota last year. That's the only reason I can even consider picking Green Bay to win. Um, the right side of Green Bay's offensive line is weak. You have your former starting left guard, Lane Johnson, as right guard. Billy Turner beat out Rick Wagner for that right tackle job, and now Turner's injured. And Daniel Hunter's out, too. If they had um, him and they had Yannick, I'd be all over Minnesota. But I'm going to take Minnesota to win in the over. I'm going Vikings 35, Packers 17. And if Green Bay wins, it's because of the injury to Daniel Hunter. And, you know, Minnesota's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. 120 is the minimum bet, and 140 is the maximum bet. Average betters betting 130. Over-under is 45-and-a-half. Right now, 61% of the betting action is on Green Bay at plus two-and-a-half. So it's worth noting that a lot of the betting action is on Green Bay. And I just don't I've, – I've never been a huge fan of Kevin King. I mean, he's okay. He's not great. They don't have Blake Martinez, and I think that – they did pay Kenny Clark his money. So I do think that matchup – between Minnesota center Garrett Bradbury and Kenny Clark, the nose tackle, is going to be a fun one-on-one -on -one matchup on Sunday. And there are some things I do like in this matchup. 
from an objective standpoint. Mike Hughes is going to be playing Devontae Adams. That's going to be fun. I didn't mention that really in depth because there's so many matchups in each game. And when I try to make a case for each team winning, I try to do so in the most objective way possible. And I feel like Mike Hughes versus Devontae Adams, that could go either way. You have to like what Adams can do. But at the same time, it's like, let's see how the game plays out. Everybody's taking the Vikings. Colts, Jaguars. Indianapolis is a lethal offensive line with Anthony Costanzo at left tackle. Quentin Nelson at left guard. Ryan Kelly at center. Mark Lewinsky at right guard. And Braden Smith at right tackle. With Phillip Rivers at quarterback. I see Rivers having a clean pocket and a field day in Jacksonville. To add to that, that's what I said about the Colts on the website. To add to what I said about the Colts on the website, I'd like to point out that the Colts have... Um, Jack Doyle at tight end. They also have a lot of weapons, including T.Y. Hilton, um, Paris Campbell, and um, Michael Pittman Jr. So they have a lot of weapons. They have Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor splitting carries in the backfield. There's a lot to love with this Colts offense. I think it's one of the better offenses in the league. Whereas the Jaguars, they dropped a lot of talent. It's pretty evident they're tanking for Lawrence the same way people thought Miami would tank for Tua. Indy's an eight-point favorite. I've got the Colts winning 35-14 over Jacksonville. And the Colts, like the Vikings, Patriots, and Chiefs, are our fourth lock of the week through five games. Bears and Lions. Mitchell Trubisky is the starting quarterback over Nick Foles. I'm not sure who in their right mind would pick the Bears. Matthew Stafford should carve this defense. He has lots of weapons back. Left tackle Taylor Decker got extended. Decker versus Khalil Mack will be a fun matchup, and it's a matchup Mack has to win if the Bears want to have any chance over the Detroit Lions in the upset. You have Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., Danny Amendola. You've got Hawkinson. Detroit's a three-point favorite. Right now, 50% of the betting actions on Detroit at minus three. I'm going 31-16 Lions over the Bears, and the Lions are the fifth draft utopia lock of the week. This is the seventh game here, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Carolina Panthers. Derek Carr has tons of weapons. Guys like Henry Ruggs, the third, Hunter Renfro, tight end Darren Waller should pick apart this defense without Luke Keekley, who recently retired. Josh Jacobs may end up getting 100 yards on the ground as well at running back for the Raiders. Um, you've got Colton Miller and Trent Brown at right tackle. You've got Gabe Jackson, Richie Incognito at guard. You've got Rodney Hudson, very strong Las Vegas Raiders offensive line. The Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater may end up playing well too. The Las Vegas Raiders drafted Damone Arnett, but I'm not sold on him, but he looked great in training camp. DJ Moore is going to face Arnett, and the Raiders don't really have a number two corner, so if Bridgewater can make the right reads, the right decisions, the right progressions, and, and really execute at a sound level, then I think you can make that case for the Carolina Panthers to pull the up to pull the upset, but... Vegas is now a three-point favorite, and at one point, it looked like back in May, Carolina was favored to win this game at home. But I felt like the Raiders had the better draft. Both these teams had a lot, have still have more questions than answers as far as the draft goes, but I feel like the Raiders have more talent that will enable them to win now than the Panthers do. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. 
and I'm taking the over. The over-under is 47.5. I have both teams scoring 48, so I'm barely taking the over. And the Raiders are another lock on the site. So that's six locks through seven games. Final early game. Final game in the top eight is the Jets and Bills. Um, no way the Jets can win this game unless Sam Darnold outplays Josh Allen. There's no way the Jets can win. Buffalo is the best defense in the AFC East Division. You have Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and TJ Eldon at running back. Mosley was the only good 34 middle linebacker for the Jets, and he opted out. Buffalo wins this game on the ground. They are a 6.5-point favorite. 230 is the minimum bet. 290 is the maximum bet. 260. Average gamblers betting around $260 in this game. The over-under is 39.5. 56% of the betting actions on Buffalo at minus 6.5. I'm taking Buffalo 35-17. I... Yeah, so 59% of the betting actions on the Raiders. So you look at all these games here. Seven of the top eight games from week one on my predictions page on draftutopia.com are locks. And I will go over. I'll have another show on um, Monday. I'll have a recap show for the um, NFL game tomorrow and then I'll probably do another show on Monday and we'll see where we're at Cleveland and Baltimore Baker Mayfield and Cleveland beat Lamar Jackson Baltimore in week four last year when running back Nick Chubb went off the tight end depth with Austin Hooper rookie Harrison Bryant as the second stringer David Njoku and you've got Two thir- rookies at 34 middle linebacker, Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. I like both of them coming out of college. If Cleveland wants to pull the upset, Baker must win the turnover battle against Lamar Jackson. And these tight ends and running backs on Cleveland must step up. You have to, ha- you have to run the ball with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you got to get the ball to the tight ends. That's got to be your default strategy. You get the ball to Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry after Baltimore is glued in on the running backs and the tight ends. Once you make Baltimore focused on the running backs and the tight ends, then you get the ball to Beckham. Unless you see Odell Beckham getting separation, getting open, getting past these very good Baltimore corners, and you got Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Tavon Young. Baltimore is four deep at corner, and you're four deep at receiver, and they have corners that can blanket all four of your receivers. So unless Odell, unless Baker sees Odell or Landry getting separation on a play, the strategy should just be to run the ball, and play dink and dunk with the tight ends and keep Lamar Jackson off the field. That should be the default strategy for the Browns if they're going to pull the upset. But it's like, if you see Beckham open or you see Landry open, you see one of those guys getting separation, you have to get the ball to him. You can't miss on these opportunities against a team as disciplined as the Ravens. Definitely. you got to get those... you got to strike while the iron's hot. You've got to capitalize on those opportunities. And Cleveland's got Jedrick Wills Jr. at left tackle, Conklin at right tackle, and those guys should give Mayfield the time he needs. Miles Garrett must also win some one-on-ones against Baltimore Ravens left tackle Ronnie Stanley. Lamar Jackson's going to have Stanley and Orlando Brown Jr. protecting him at offensive tackle. And you've got the corners I mentioned. They have an advantage against Beckham, Landry, Higgins, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Baltimore also has four receivers, Marquez Brown, Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay, and James Proch that match up well with Cleveland's four corners. If Greedy Williams is out for this game, I'd give Baltimore's receivers a slight edge. 
And I think with Grant Delpit out for the year, Mark Andrews is really a player that could go off in this game and have 100 receiving yards at tight end. I have the Ravens winning this one 28-21. The over-under is 48.5. I'm barely taking the over, but I am taking the Browns to cover the point spread. So if you can find Baltimore minus 7.5, take the points. Take Cleveland at plus 7.5 and take the points. Everyone took the Ravens. So that's the eighth lock for week one. Next up, Seattle and the Falcons. Even though Atlanta has good defensive backs when healthy, Seattle has better weapons for Russell Wilson, which is why I love Seattle in this game. Wilson has Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Dorsett in the slot. You have Olsen, Will Disley, and Luke Wilson as your three tight ends. Sure, Atlanta has A.J. Terrell and Oliver as their top corners. Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen at safety. That's a strong secondary, but the lack of depth on this secondary and the fact that Seattle has depth on the offensive side of the ball is why I love Russell Wilson in this game. Even though Atlanta may get a pick or two, I still think Russell Wilson's going to do just enough to win. And it's going to be a high-scoring game, too, because Matt Ryan will get wide receivers Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley involved in the game early and often. Atlanta's offensive line, which has Jake Matthews at left tackle, James Carpenter at left guard, Alex Mack at center, Chris Lindstrom at right guard and right tackle, Caleb McGarry, should do enough to give Matt Ryan a clean pocket. And I think this game will be a shootout. Seattle's a two-point favorite. I am going with Seattle to win and cover with the over 27-24. to 24. And Seattle's another one of the locks in the site. Nobody took Atlanta over Seattle. So, next game, now we get to the afternoon games. This is the 11th game, I believe. The Chargers and the Bengals. I'm still trying to figure out why the Chargers are favored, to be honest. Mike Williams is out, and while Cincinnati doesn't have trial wins for the entire year, if the Bengals can stop Keenan Allen, they win this game. The Chargers also do not have a good left tackle, and Tyrod Taylor starting over Herbert. If Bosa and Ingram get pressure on Burrow, then maybe this defense can keep the game low scoring, but I don't expect the Chargers to win. Bengals, Joe Burrow should come out swinging with a strong rookie debut at quarterback. Jonah Williams is making his debut at left tackle. Last, the 2019 and 2020 first-round picks for the Bengals are both making their debuts. Running back Joe Mixon may also go off in this game since Mixon has an advantage over any linebacker on the Chargers. The Bengals wisely paid Mixon $12 million a year. And 51% of the betting actions on Cincinnati plus three. Even though the Chargers are three-point favorites, I have the Bengals winning at 30 to 20, 150, 190. The average gambler's betting 170 on this game. Over-under is 43, so I have 30-20, and I have the over. Um, Jason and Tanya agree with me on the Bengals. Orn and Jesse are taking the Chargers to, to win this game, and the Chargers are favored. And 51% of the betting action is on Cincinnati at plus three. Cardinals, 49ers. Arizona's DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk for quarterback Tyler Murray to throw. Also, Arizona's healthier than San Francisco, so that may work in their favor. San Francisco is the best defense when fully healthy. This defense should be able to do enough to limit Arizona's offense, which would allow Jimmy Garoppolo to manage the game effectively. Left tackle Trent Williams has looked amazing in practice. If he can play like the guy he was two years ago or three years ago when he was at that Pro Bowl level, then San Francisco can get back to the Super Bowl. And he's going to have a tough first week. 
against Chandler Jones. That's going to be a good matchup for both teams to watch. And San Francisco enters as a seven-point favorite. Minimum bet is $60. The maximum bet is $320. Once, $290, so $260. I've got the 49ers winning 27-21, and the Niners are favored by seven. So that means that 53% of the betting action is on Arizona at plus seven. So I'm taking the Niners to win Arizona to cover and the over. And the Niners are another lock on the Draft Utopia this week. So, so far we have 10 locks. Through 12 games. Amazing. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Mike Evans is going to be a game-time decision. That's one reason why I love New Orleans to win this game. Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul can hold Breeze under 30 points, especially if Devin White and Levante David step up at 34 middle linebacker, limit what Kamara does on the ground. Tom Brady needs to get to tight ends like Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Brate involved if Tampa Bay wants to pull the upset, especially if Mike Evans is out. Drew Brees should pick apart Tampa Bay's secondary. I love Michael Thomas in one-on-one matchups against Carlton Davis, who had 19 Deflections for pass breakups. Teron Armstead, Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramzik are on this offensive line. They should give Breeze a clean pocket. But them versus Tampa Bay's edge rushers, you have... Um, I'll also like Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport versus Tampa Bay's offensive line. With Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs. That's going to be another fun matchup. And I've got the Saints winning this one 28-20. The over-under in this game is 49. So I'm taking New Orleans to win in cover because the Saints are favored by three and a half, but I'm going with the under. And right now, 60% of the betting action is on Tampa Bay at plus three and a half. And this game's not a lock on the site. Bannell took the Buccaneers in an upset. Everybody else is taking the Saints head straight up. And I don't know if Bannell's aware of the Mike Evans injury. I haven't brought that up with him. Um, Cowboys and Rams, this game's going to be a shootout. Dak Prescott has Ezekiel Elliott running back. Who can hand the ball? Who can hand the ball off to? You have Amari Cooper. You have Michael Gallup, Ceedee Lamb, a great receiving trio. Whoever's not being covered by Jalen Ramsey will be open. Just keep the ball away from Jalen Ramsey. Get Elliott involved and manage this game effectively. I don't need to mention the offensive line because Lael Collins hasn't practiced at right tackle for Dallas. I don't think not having Lael Collins is a deal breaker because the Rams have. A lot of weaknesses on defense. Even though they're 34 defensive ends with Brockers and Aaron Donald are strong. Even though you have Jalen Ramsey, a top five corner in the league. The rest of your defenders need to be upgraded through the draft or whatever. So Dallas enters is a three-point favorite. 110's the minimum bet. 120's the uh, maximum bet. One fifty is the maximum bet. One thirty is the min average gambler. So fifty one and a half is the um, over under. Right now, fifty one percent of the betting actions on Los Angeles at plus three. I like the Rams to win and cover. I'm going twenty four twenty three Rams. Oren's also taking the Rams, and the rest of our staff writers at Draft Utopia are taking the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Steelers play the New York Giants. This game is on Monday Night Football. Without DeAndre Baker, Pittsburgh will clobber this defense, even without David DeCastro at right guard due to an injury. Ben Roethlisberger as Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool. 
this offense, I think they'll put up a clinic. T.J. Watt at 34 right outside linebacker and Bud Dupree. Those two edge rushers can get to the quarterback on any given play. And you're going up against two rookies, Andrew Thomas at left tackle and Matt Part. Nate Soldier opted out due to COVID-19. Blake Martinez can stop James Conner. New York's rookie offensive tackles need to buy Daniel Jones time in order for the Giants to keep this game competitive. I'm going with the Steelers 31-20. to and right now, 66% of the betting actions on Pittsburgh at minus 60. Over-under is 47.5. I am taking the over. Pittsburgh's another lock on the site. And the final game is the Titans and Broncos. Tennessee does not have to worry about Vaughn Miller or Bradley Chubb. Ryan Tannehill just needs to play smart by getting running back Derrick Henry and wide receiver A.J. Brown the ball. Those guys can be security blankets. Denver has A.J. Boy, a number two corner is their number one. I don't think he can make the transition, but I said the same thing about Emmanuel Sanders. He could not make the transition from number two receiver next to Demarius Thomas to number one receiver, and he made the transition successfully in San Francisco as a number one. Now he's a number two to Michael Thomas. And former Titan Jarrell Casey has to step up here with no Von Miller. Denver will be dependent on the former Titan Casey to step up if the Broncos have any hope of winning. Tennessee's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Minimum bets, 110. Maximum bets, $120. Average gamblers betting around 110 on this game. The over-under is 41. Um, 55% of the betting actions on Tennessee at minus two-and-a-half. I'll take Tennessee to win and cover with the under. And Tennessee's our 12th and final lock. We have 12 overs as far as over-under goes. I do anyway. And that will do it for my week one predictions. I will be back tomorrow to break down the Texans-Chiefs game on Anchor. Orrin's been busy with some projects. I know he wants to make a return to the podcast at some point with football season back, but he's been busy, so I will message him after today's show and see if he wants to come on next week, or maybe we'll do a second show later today. I honestly don't know what the plan's going to be yet. So I'll, I'll play that by ear. Thank you guys so much. Like us on Facebook. Like us. Follow us on Twitter. Connect with me on LinkedIn. You can go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to Draft Utopia on YouTube. Subscribe to Draft Utopia on BitChute. And thanks for tuning in. So long. Enjoy NFL kickoff between the Texans and Chiefs tonight at 8 Eastern. See ya.